We go a few minutes over. Holly, is it a worth worth getting some good news today? Some some chain some chain breaking and yoke destroying word, hallelujah, that will bring blessing to your life. I've been preaching on the gift of authority. I didn't think we'd get beyond part two. We're at number eight this morning. Hallelujah. Because there's a lot to say about God's authority. So it's probably the greatest need that the church has right now is to regain its authority in Jesus Christ. It's the answer. Um, so our text, we've been taking out of Luke chapter 10 when Jesus sends the 70 disciples out and they, they heal the sick, they preach the gospel, cast out devils, and they come back amazed at the results. And so Jesus comments to them as they're celebrating the results of their going out to preach in his name. And Jesus says this, I beheld Satan like lightning fall from heaven. So I want you to behold that I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk, stomp on, uh, walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, with part eight, I'm really excited this morning. And Diane, if you'll go ahead and uh, just, um, yeah, put that up there. How many of you, I know it's light up here, but how many of you can see that? I want to talk to you for a few minutes about a Japanese um, pottery art form called kintsugi. Everyone say kintsugi. Yeah, there's a real message from God in what you're looking at up there right now. Um, with this message this morning, I want to share with you why Satan cannot, cannot conquer your authority in Jesus' name. He cannot conquer your authority that you have in Jesus when you walk in it Hallelujah, and when you use it. That authority Jesus has given you, the devil cannot break it. Glory to God. And the reason is, is in essence, the authority that Jesus has gifted you doesn't flow from your ability to never fall or fail, but in his willingness to build you back up when you do. That's where your authority comes from. Not in your ability to not make mistakes, but his ability to cause you to be rebuilt when you do. In the 15th century, the Japanese developed this pottery art form called kintsugi. And I want you to look at this while I'm talking to you and just get in your mind what this is about because the message comes from that jar that you see up there. A Japanese shogun sent his favorite Chinese tea bowl back to China when it had fallen and broken was shattered in pieces. But when it was returned to him, having been repaired, it was repaired with very ugly metal staples in it. And although his, his precious bowl was now ugly, he saw something beautiful in it. And he saw and loved the fact that the repairman made no effort whatsoever to conceal the vessel's scars. And he loved that because it represented life. It was real. It represented real life. And so Japanese craftsmen um, begin to develop a more aesthetically uh, uh, pleasing means of repairing and joining vessels that were broken. And they did this 
by rejoining the pieces with a lacquer mixed with gold, gold dust. So they mix gold dust with a lacquer, and that's what you see in those veins. Those pieces were put together with a golden glue. And the vessels that re were restored with, by the way, kintsugi means the golden repair. You can see it up there on the screen. Um, vessels that were repaired with the golden repair, they, it, it became quickly throughout Japan, became a trend that they were far more valuable and highly sought because the repair became part of the vessel's history rather than something to disguise. And those highlighted repairs testified to the vessels having overcome its failure to continue being useful rather than allowing its service to end when it was broken. Okay, Diane, you can turn that off. Appreciate it. So did you catch that? The value of the golden repair is that these vessels display their history of having been broken, some of them more than once. And those bonds, that golden repair, it'll never break at that place again. Once it's repaired with gold, it'll never come apart there again. It's stronger and it's, it's more beautiful than the flawless vessel because it displays a history a history of restoration. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? You know, in a world, and I will say in a church, that chooses the beauty of flawless perfection over scarred restoration, there's no redemption. Broken people are discarded in hopeless shame and their potential for good is lost. They, they, they're hidden in the shadows. They're put away in cupboards and never taken out again because nobody wants to put a repaired broken vessel out before their guests. There's shame in being broken and repaired. And, and the greatest shame of all, really, is the lost potential of use for good. God's gift of authority, however, that he has given you it's designed to endure a lifetime of breaks and repairs. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, you may be familiar with it, says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Hallelujah. So God is willing to give us this great power that projects his authority. But he doesn't, he doesn't bother to try to hide the scars of our breaks. He puts us back together and lets those scars show for all the world to see so that the glory is his and not ours. The world does not need another successful book, another movie, uh, another success story of somebody just 
so overwhelmed with beauty and with talent and ability. They never fall. They never make mistakes. They never sin. We don't follow people because they've never sinned. We don't follow people because they've never made mistakes. Hopefully we follow them because they've made plenty of mistakes and sinned and learned from it. We want to use vessels that have got the golden repair. Somebody say amen. The seams of God's golden repairs running through your life. Never try to hide the damage of your failures. Instead, they testify to your redemption and your restoration. When you receive God's gift of authority in your life, the first thing that God's gift of authority gives you is the right to rebound. I love the fact that our father, our coach is on the sidelines. When we miss, he says, just keep shooting until you make it. Rebound. God's authority gives you the right to rebound. When you walk with Jesus, sometimes you stumble and you fall. But have you ever noticed that Jesus will never cast you away because you stumble and fall? You get out there, you fall, you break. He doesn't sweep you away. He's like, bring me another. Do you remember when Jeremiah needed a word from God? God said, go down to the potter's house. I want to show you something. How many remember that story? He went down, he sat down, and he watched the potter. And the Bible says the potter made a pot, and it says the pot was marred. It was, it was imperfect. It was not right. Something was wrong with it in the hands of the potter. So in God's hands, he's molding you, but stuff can be wrong. The reason is there's something wrong with the clay. There's an air pocket. There's some material in there that needs to be worked out. Maybe it's too dry. Maybe it's too moist. So the Bible says he just crushed it all back down and made another pot until it was perfect. God is a restorer. He's not going to give up until you're exactly what he wants you to be. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And he doesn't care that the world sees that you goofed up seven times while in his hand. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Luke 22, 31 through 32, Jesus is at the Last Supper. And Peter, you know, Peter's always saying, I will die with you. I'll die for you. They're not going to get to you and bragging and everything. And Jesus loved Peter. But Peter was Peter. Peter was headed for some mistakes. How many of you know that? He's headed for some mistakes. He's going to blow it. You just know he is. And and at the Last Supper, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, pay attention. Satan has demanded to have you all, to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. You're going to fail. But your faith isn't going to fail. Did you get that? You're going to fail. But your faith isn't going to fail. Jesus isn't praying that you don't fail. He's praying that your faith doesn't fail. He knows Kintsugi. He knows the golden repair. Somebody say praise the Lord. You're going to fail, but your faith won't fail. The, you see, the faith that God has installed in you is engineered to be resilient through life's breaks and failures. You're going to fall and break. You're going to sin. You're going to be shattered. He's just going to put you back together. Is that okay with you? Hallelujah. 
I said, is that okay with you? Yes. Otherwise, you can just stay in pieces. I'm, I, I'll take the golden fix. Somebody say amen. amen. Your right to rebound from your stumbles and from your sins is why your authority is unconquerable. Your authority survives your failures. It survives the stupid things that you and I do. It survives the mistakes that you made. Because it comes from the faith that God put within you, not from you, praise the Lord. That right, that right comes from God's willingness to use the golden repair to put you back together. Hallelujah. And so therefore, we're not ashamed of our weakness we're proud of his grace. I said, we're not ashamed of our weakness. We're proud of his grace. I'll say it again. We're not ashamed of our weakness. We're not trying to fool anybody. We're not trying. We shouldn't be trying to cover anything up. We shouldn't be saying, you know, I'm not going to go to church because until uh, I get myself back together again. You know, that's like riding a bicycle, getting hit by a car, and there you are broken bones and all. The ambulance comes to shovel you up, putting you in the back of the ambulance, say, no, no, I, where are you taking me? The hospital. I, I can't go looking like this. <laughs> Do you understand? We're not ashamed of our brokenness. We are proud of God's grace. God's authority in your life doesn't depend on you never falling down. It depends on you never staying down. You know, the, the proof of Jesus working in you isn't manifest only in his ability to keep you from failing and falling, but in his ability to lead you triumphantly back to your feet when you do fail and fall. He's ready to walk with you through all kinds of ups and downs. He is ready to walk through with you through many failures, and the authority he has put in you is never going to be diminished. He will simply repair you and put you back on your feet. Hallelujah. Remember, he says to Peter, you're going to fail. You're going to deny me. You're going to do despicable things. But you know what? I've prayed for you. Your faith will not fail. Look, when Jesus went down into the grave and he rose up and he plundered death, hell, and the grave, when Jesus plundered the grave, he took away Satan's ability to end you with death because he installed a living faith in you that he's already driven through death and resurrection and parked it in heaven. And now he's parked it in your life. The faith he's given you has already handled death. It's already been resurrected. Satan cannot end you with death. Somebody say, praise the Lord. The reason Satan cannot conquer your authority isn't because he can't slay you with your mistakes, your failures, and your sins, but it's because you won't stay dead. Somebody say, praise the Lord. God's just waiting for somebody to get up. The devil slew you, used your mistakes, beat you down. The devil killed you, used your failures, beat you down. The devil took your sins, your foolishness. He knocked you down with death. Jesus said, it's nothing but death, that's all. Get back up. 
You're designed to overcome death. You have a life in you that killed death. You killed death. There's no use in you dying. There's no use in you letting your mind die, letting your emotions die, letting your heart die. Get back up on your feet. God is calling you back up. Your authority doesn't rest in your ability to keep the devil from killing you with your sins, your mistakes, and your failures. You just refuse to die. Hallelujah. You won't stay dead. That's a Christian. Somebody who won't stay dead. Satan will have killed the church a thousand times before Jesus' return. The success, the fruit of the church making it to the end, fulfilling its assignment in the world, is not based in it being shut down, never being shut down, never failing, never being defeated in a battle by Satan? No. The success of a church is the fact that it won't stay dead. Hallelujah. Just won't stay dead. You know, we're like zombies to the devil. You know, those whole zombie movies, The Walking Dead and all, all the rest of them and everything, been, they're really popular. When I was a kid, nothing scared me worse than zombie movies because... You know, you can't kill it. That's terrible. I mean, you know, as long as I had a, in my nightmares, as long as I had a gun or a knife or something, I could, I could kill you. But if I couldn't kill you, you just kept coming back. That's a zombie. It's terrible. Satan is terrified of a church that won't stay dead. He's terrified of a Christian that won't stay dead. You're a zombie to the devil. Glory to God. We're like zombies to him. He keeps knocking you down. He can't take you out. You just keep jumping up. Amen. You say, Pastor, I think you need to get back to the Bible. All right, the Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but he gets up again. Amen. And I can just hear Peter saying, is that seven times in a lifetime? Jesus said, no, seven times in a day. How's that? Seven times 70. Seven times 70. Hallelujah. Did you ever notice where God told the prophet Ezekiel to go find his army. God needed an army. He needed to raise up an army. He told Ezekiel, I'm going to go show you where my hidden army is. And so he said, I want you to go over to the dump. Look over the cliff. And he saw a graveyard filled with thousands of bones, all disjointed, broken up skeletons. God said, behold the army of God. Hallelujah. He said, behold the army of God. He said, I'll tell you what you do, Ezekiel. He said, I want you to start prophesying. I want you to speak to these bleached dead bones. There's some bleached dead bones in you guys. And the reason you don't use more of the authority God's given you is because you're shamed. Your own shame. The devil uses a condemnation. You put yourself away rather than being a vessel with that beautiful golden repair. God's choice vessels have all been broken. And they all have the golden repair. That's what the Valley of Dry Bones was. These were people that were once 
alive. They're now dead. They're useless. Useless. God said they're not going to be useless in a few minutes. Prophesy to those bones. And so he prophesied. He said, speak to the wind to come and to enter them. And he prophesied over them. And the bones begin to come together. And sinew began to come up on them. Flesh began to grow over them. And they stood up on their feet. And the Spirit of God breathed into them. And they became a mighty army. Mighty army. How do you kill an army that won't stay dead? What do you think you are? Hallelujah. God has given you an authority to outlast your mistakes, your failures, and your sins. This morning, if you have not been taking dominion over the enemy, if you have not been speaking to the mountains in your life, if you have been allowing the devil to push you around, and you ask yourself, why do I put up with this? Why don't I assert myself? I, you know why? I'll tell you why. Because you tried a dozen times, and you got your head handed to you on a platter. You went and fought that battle, and you got beat up. You went and tried that, and you failed. Boo-hoo. But the Lord said, don't ever stop trying. Don't ever stop. Because love never fails. And you're broken. And that's why you don't use your authority. You don't feel worthy to use your authority. You've got the authority. But you don't feel worthy to use it. You see yourself broken. But the Lord wants to give you the golden repair. He wants to put you back together. And if you're willing to go out and let the world see those scars, the authority of God will flow and move through your life and the devil won't be able to do a thing about it. One of my very favorite phrases in the Bible is Psalm 3 and 3. It says, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. The one who restores me, the New English translation says. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. You know, for years I used to sing that. We had it in a song form. He's the glory and the lifter of my head. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Glory and the lifter of my head. And, but I, I got to thinking about it and meditating, and I thought, why has he got to lift my head? Because it's hanging down. My emotions are broken. My mind is weighted down. I can't take another step. I, I feel like I'm in three different pieces. One's in the living room, one's in the bedroom. I don't know, the other one ran off. I can't get myself together. Jesus has come to put you together. You think, he's already put me back together three times. Isn't it that some universal law, three strikes, you're out? He never quits. He never gives up. He said, I will never leave or forsake you. When he put that authority in you, he meant for you to cross the finish line with it. No matter how many times you're broken or shattered, he puts you back together. And you're better every time. Every time. You may walk with a limp. It's all right. More authority. That shogun loved the vessel. Because it was real. It was real. Let's stop hiding in the church. Let's stop hiding the glory of who we are. 
Let's stop thinking that we have to be perfect. We need to, you know, the, you know we need to uh, um, present to the world a, a picture of a husband and a wife or an individual that, that doesn't have any sins, doesn't have any mistakes. That's ridiculous. How are you going to save people that are suffering from those things when they can't relate to you? That's why I said it's a cruel world that only fixates on flawless beauty and hides, hides broken and scarred vessels. Let's let, if we're going to have his authority, let's embrace what he has done in our life. That's our testimony. When when it says in the book of Revelation, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and their scars. That's what that means. The word of their testimony. Their scars. Glory to God. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. So Jesus, you're not just the God of my victories. You're the Lord of my rebound when I fall. Hallelujah. You know, you love the Lord when he first saved you, but wait till he picks you up and puts you back together after you've totally blown it. You'll really love him. Hallelujah. I'll close with this thought. The power of your authority rests in the fact that God is willing to use the golden repair on you when you break. That's where your power and authority comes from. When you're broken and on the floor, don't think your authority has just run out and vanished. That authority is in him putting you back together. I want you to close your Bible stand with me this morning. And I want you to come and meet me down in the front at the Jehovah Jireh table.